This is Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast of the slightly unusual. Here's your host, Peter Anthony Holder. Hello and welcome to Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast that will take you off the beaten path. This is the first show of our second season. We hope you enjoyed the first season, and if you haven't experienced it so far, then go back and listen. There may be a test later. For those of you who are not up to speed, this is the show that will introduce you to people who have slightly quirky hobbies or businesses. Some of them remain hobbies. Some of them turn into businesses. All of them will make you do a double take. Like this first item that may or may not tempt your taste buds. Going into your friendly neighborhood supermarket, you may have noticed that in the potato chip aisle, there is a plethora of brands and flavors to satisfy just about every palate. But I guarantee that there is one missing. That's because there is a Lithuanian potato chip company called Chaz Chips that sells, online only, a very unique flavor. It started out as an April Fool's joke, but soon became very serious. It's the flavor of the nether region of the female anatomy. There were lots of discussions in Lithuania with that fool joke. And lots of people were asking, you know, the people we know, the clients who were buying in our e-shop were asking for this product. So they're asking, when you actually will make this product, you know, which you advertised on the 1st of April. So we took this challenge and uh, made the product. It started like a joke, but no, it's not a joke now. So we did a research. Uh, we had lots of discussions. Uh, what the taste look should be used all our experience we have of our team everybody was very engaged and very enthusiastic in making that oh i'll bet they were by the way that was Gilvinus kulvinskis the co-founder of chaz chips his company came up with a daunting task i mean how do you even begin to decide what the proper taste should be. It was very difficult. There are lots of nationalities. We researched and discussions, so you can find all different discussions on that theme. So you, you can make your own research. I have no doubt that everyone has, you know, different experiences. But we have our own experiences. We did a research and we come up with that uh, taste. And it was like very difficult. You know, you should convert this taste to the tastes which actually exists, you know, in terminology of this flavor. Uh, development companies so we had you know to describe what we want to feel in that taste so it, it was a challenge to develop but you know we we took some challenges it should be noted that chaz chips is not a fly-by-night operation they have a successful track record of accommodating the discerning lithuanian palate their history gave them confidence in tackling this nuanced flavor. For example, before that taste, we developed a pink soup flavor, which is very popular. Actually, it's the number one top-selling uh, product of ours. So it's also a particular Lithuanian dish, which is like has very particular taste. So it was also, you know, a challenge because you know we are Lithuanians and everybody's proud and everybody has opinion on that. And it was really good, you know. It, people said, "Wow, it's even better than Shaltibarchi." 
say, wow, it's better than pink soup, you know. Uh, so, wow. So it's like we li- liked the challenges and, you know, the challenge came from our clients. Our clients are brave people. So we took that challenge because our team is also very young. They like challenges. I don't think bravery even begins to tell the story. As I said, this started as a joke, but it became serious. Why did it become serious? It has to do with a dwindling population. When we started to develop this product, we found out that there is a huge problem in the world. The young people are not making love. Millennials are making three times less love, you know, than their parents were making, you know, when they were at the same age. So you can imagine what the huge problem is coming up. Japan is also already facing that problem. They sell more pampers for old people than for babies. So if nobody makes love, so you can't expect that your nation will not extinct. So we don't want to know that. For our nation, we don't to the world. And we want to provoke discussions and ask young people to come to real world from TikToks, from Facebook, from Instagram, and make real love, not, you know, virtual. In other words, put down the porn, pick up a partner. You have to live real thing and real world. So chips is real thing. Our chips is real. So we expect that people will start discussions. They will discuss and maybe we'll try. There are people that still didn't try that thing in their lifetime. Young Americans that didn't have sex uh, until 30. So it's like about 30% virgins are between men up to 30 age old. So it's a huge problem. So basically what you're doing is you're doing your best for the country and the species as a whole, helping to keep the numbers up. Is that what you're aiming at here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to provoke discussions, you know, about that. You know, we say that this kind of sex is designated for making real love. So it's like you can start with that. You can end with that. But, you know, it's like you create something that you didn't create. So you make a a pleasurable thing and you provoke the discussion with, with your couple. I think it's very important, you know, to talk in the couple what each of them wants. Admit it. You haven't thought of potato chips as foreplay, have you? Chaz Chips created their new flavor without a lot of fanfare. They only sold it online to customers who were over 18. There was no advertising or promotion. So did they sell well? We put this product and after a week became big in Lithuania. Uh, media called us. They asked for interviews and etc. And in social media posts, people were tagging their couples. So the wife was tagging her husband and saying, you know, we'll try these chips in the evening. Yeah. So... So people really liked this idea. If we made at least several hundred people happier, it's very good. We understand that there are people who could be angry, who could, you know, not tolerant, but we understand that you can't please everyone. We don't want to please everyone, but we want to start the discussion and start solving this problem. Chaz Chips has received a fair number of inquiries from around the world, including from women. But it's not complaints. It's more like requests. There are no plans to extend, not yet. But we have, you know, very strong pressure to make a man's taste, not only woman's taste. So men's taste version. We'll see. I don't have any promises or dates or something, but uh, we see that it could be big. We get inquiries from Canada, from United States, New Zealand, Australia, different countries, Asia. But the biggest style, like uh, Spain is the biggest. I think they have already had, you know, the discussion on TV show in Madrid. So uh, it's interesting, you know, to see what's happening without any, you know, efforts. While this particular flavor is probably their boldest yet, 
This is a company that pushes the envelope with other items for the 18 plus crowd. What Chaz is different, so it's like very bold packaging. So we have Bloody Mary, for example, taste. We have mussels and white wine, for example. Also, there's magic truffles, cannabis taste. So lots of very bold flavors, which also are 18 plus, the amount 18 plus. Bold flavors, but this one is absolutely boldest. Is there any particular dip that it goes best with? Uh, it's Philadelphia cheese, so it's very good with the Philadelphia cheese. For example, this cannabis is like perfect uh, snack with Philadelphia cheese. Oh, I'll just leave that one alone. I'm just reminded of that old slogan from that other potato chip company. Bet you can't eat just one. What was the name of that outfit? Oh, yeah. Considering the flavor of these chips, Chaz should have gotten that name first. If you want more information, you can check out their website at chazchips.com. And Chaz is spelled with two Zs. Business beyond bizarre. If you like to travel and you're into museums, then perhaps there is a location that should be on your list. When visiting Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland, a popular destination is the Icelandic Phallological Museum. Philology is the study of the penis, and at the Icelandic Phallological Museum, you'll find a collection of more than 300 penises. Or should I say peni? Or is it penis? Well, either way, it's a lot of them. You're probably wondering, how does a museum like this get started? And how does a collection like this even begin? We began in 1997, but the collection actually began in uh, 74. And on why? Well, our founder always said that I never liked to collect stamps. And then he said, why not? But uh, truth be told, it began as a joke, which developed into a passion. And eventually his wife said, you can't keep the penis at the house anymore. Yeah, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. By the way, the person you just heard was Thordor O. Thordeson, the manager of the museum. And the founder he was talking about was Sigurdor Hajartsen. And no, I won't try to pronounce that again. So, what was the first member in the membership of his collection? Well, he always lamented that people no longer utilized everything from the animals, like back in the day. And he said that, told his friends that as a young boy, he had a bull penis pizzle. So as a joke, they gave him a bull penis pizzle like they used to collect sheep with here back in the day. Well, this became an ongoing joke. Some of them worked in a slaughterhouse, others at a whaling station. Iceland used to be pretty big on whaling. So he was able to get quite a few large specimens. Okay, I'm an inner city kid, so I'll bite. What's a pizzle? Well, a pizzle is like a small whip. It actually usually refers to like a dried penis sinews from a bull. It's used like a small whip. I, I know that in the Middle Ages in Germany, they were used for self-defense. Would-be robbers would not want to be beaten with a bull's penis. In Iceland, they were used to collect sheep. How did the collection grow from a single solitary bull's penis? As far as I know, penis was something which was usually just thrown away. So those who had like summer jobs at the whaling station began bringing him penises from sperm whales and fin whales, stuff like that. He got an idea. It would be interesting to own a penis of every mammal in Iceland. We have like a very small mammal. It's only about 30 animals. 
The museum boasts of having a collection of over 350 specimens from over 120 species of mammal, both foreign and domestic. Wait a minute. We're mammals. Yes, we have a penis from a 95-year-old Icelandic bachelor, and I guess you could say an infamous womanizer. He claimed to have bedded over 300 women in his time. How did you get that? Did he will it to you? Yes, he did. He uh, was, uh, well, not a friend, but an acquaintance of our founder, and he spoke much about how uh, well he did with the ladies and how well endowed he was. So uh, our founder kind of dared him to, like, donate his penis post-mortem, and the guy did it. It's one thing to have a collection. It's another thing to open up a museum to have other people see your collection. We already know that the founder's wife wanted penises out of the house, but opening up a museum is a major leap. Well, he was the kind of guy who always liked to push people's buttons, not least his wife. It's basically what happened as, as uh, the, their living room became increasingly crowded with amputated phalluses in, in jars. His wife just had enough and he said, like, you can't keep him here anymore. So he uh, decided like to, a good way to keep on pushing people's buttons would be to open a museum. And of course, everybody here was like initially just, why would anybody do that? But it's, it's kind of a live and let live, you know, society. So... Yeah. Amputated phallus in jars. Now there's another moniker to add to your list of potential band names. Even though some people said, why would you do that? The founder did open the museum and people started going to it. First, the locals, then travelers. I'd say like well over 99% of our customers are foreigners. A lot of Canadians, a lot of Americans, a lot of people from Britain and mainland Europe. And also, you know, China as well. I think we're doing pretty well all over. When people get together to talk about penises, the question of size always comes up. Our biggest specimen is an average-sized adult sperm whale. It is about uh, 170 centimeters long and about yeah, 75 kilos. And our smallest is a, a hamster penis bone. And uh, interestingly, yes, uh, carnivores generally have a bone in their penis. With so many items to peruse at the museum, are they still looking for the rare items they don't have? I must say, no animal has ever been killed for its penis. That's kind of our policy. But we once got wind uh, that we would be getting a lion from Africa. But apparently it got lost on the way. That would have been fun. You know, a, a lion is not exactly a rare animal. They live, breed, and, and die with regularity. Yeah. It, it seems like that's something you would already have had. It's not that rare. But there's a lot of paperwork to get them in here. And yeah, I, I, I heard it got lost somewhere in customs in Belgium, this, the lion penis. But we, we haven't had an offer yet. But there are lions dying in zoos all, all over the planet, I, I guess. So hopefully one day. Someone in Belgium has a lot of explaining to do. Meanwhile, is there anything else on your wish list? We'd be happy to get anything. Well, for instance, uh, we'd like to get a, a younger male one day, but I, of course that, that'll be hard because I doubt that anybody would you know, want to part with it prior to uh, passing. Although we did have an offer from an American gentleman who wanted to uh, donate his penis, but it never happened. But uh, yeah, basically any mammal. By the way, the founder of the museum is still alive, and one day his member will be on display. But 
In the meantime, he occasionally comes by and kind of uh, heckles the guests with uncomfortable questions. Yeah, it happens maybe once a month. What kind of questions does he ask? Like, uh, did you know that an elephant can scratch itself with its penis? Stuff like that. Well, that's something you don't hear every day on Jeopardy. That was Thorder O. Thordeson, the manager of the Icelandic Phallological Museum. Visit their website at www.phallus.is. That's www.phallus, and phallus is spelled P-H-A-L-L-U-S dot I-S. You have to admit that Thordor has an interesting job. By the way, it's not the kind of job you apply for. I married into it. Next time on Business Beyond Bazaar. How would you like a case of the crabs? There's a New Hampshire distillery that turns an invasive green crab into fine whiskey. Bottoms up. And there's a website out there where you can hire a hitman. I'll bet you'd kill to find out more. This has been Business Beyond Bazaar, a presentation of Flying Fish Communications and Group Fair Play. Thank you.